and welcome to the Doxology Podcast. My name is Jens Nelson. And I am Lucas Stock. And this is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life as we strive for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. So today is Tuesday. We have a new, fun, exciting, different, interesting, you know, all sorts of great adjectives to describe our our regularly scheduled programming. Uh, specifically, as you might have learned from the episode title, uh, we're talking about getting into theology. Uh, I don't know exactly what we'll title it, but that's the that's the gist of this episode. Uh, as I'm sure you know, if you've been around our podcast for any good length of time, uh, we love theology. We are um, students of theological institutions, both undergrad and uh, Lucas has done some master's work. Um, so we're we're both really into uh, like formal theology, studying it, reading it, talking about it. Uh, but what does it look like for a, a common churchgoer, a, a layperson, a a mother, a father, a um, you know factory worker? What does it look like uh, for people to get into theology? Uh, that's sort of what we wanted to talk about. Whether it's to uh, help you get your foot in the door to understand maybe where to start or different resources to go to. Um, I'm sure we'll cover a pretty wide spectrum, but this is this is meant to be again conversational. Um, inf- informational and and hopefully something that you will uh, you will benefit from. So, uh, Lucas, what do you want to say at the outset here? Yeah, the first thing I thought of was kind of thinking back through my own like developing interest in theology and the and you know I wasn't born excited to read Bavinck's Prolegomena and you know debate. Chalcedon versus non-Chalcedon like you know these are the things that I spend my time doing now and I I was you know in in thinking about how to approach this topic I was like well how did I get into theology like how did I get from you know at one time presumably being a fairly normal person to becoming the person I am today (laughs) and um, so I was kind of thinking back through like what would I sort of put this the steps of my journey down and it has its roots in like like a very for me personally i have a very unique in the sense of not the vast majority of people are going to share this trajectory but i have a very specific trajectory too so i i went to moody you know we both went to moody we've mentioned i stayed at moody for a master's um, and it was during that time that obviously i spent a lot of time reading bible and theology texts primary source, secondary source, writing papers, taking classes on specific topics, taking classes on the Bible, all all this kind of stuff. Whether I was excited about it or not, because I chose to go to Moody for a degree from a a Bible college, I was going to be reading these books and, and taking these classes whether I liked it or not. And while going through this process, I, you know, a huge blessing for me, but I discovered that I I did love it. I I was really excited about it. I did have a passion and an interest in the study of theology, the the uh, formal, like you said, the academic context of theology, and really diving deep into different doctrines and and history of doctrine and all this kind of stuff that 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 I have learned and in college and in seminary and continue to learning, um, and also 
in my year off of school spent my free time doing and continue to do in my free time even as I'm doing it in my class time here in seminary. So I'm I am, you know, very much a a theologian at heart just in terms of my interests and my and my uh, passions and how I spend my time. And while that definitely got going in college and graduate school when I started, um, that wasn't the beginning uh, for, for me. What, where I really started was way back in the early years of high school. I was in many ways uniquely as well blessed with the church that I was a part of. And the, the youth group Sunday school class for like a year and a half or two years, I can't remember, chapter by chapter just walked through Wayne Grudem's one volume systematic theology. You know, super popular, uh, evangelical, standard, kind of accessible uh, one volume systematic that, that we've referenced on this podcast and stuff. Um, and that was just the curriculum, was just teaching through whatever each chapter had to say. And it wasn't like we sat there and read it, but that was that was the book that our Sunday school leader was teaching from, which, you know, looking back, I'm kind of like amazed and really impressed. And I think like, that's awesome <laughs> because um, it walked through systematically the topics of, of, uh, modern day systematic theology from the from the perspective that that you know matched up with that particular church's perspective, um, but that also led to me picking up a copy and reading uh, Grudem's systematic on my own. I remember looking at the at the time I was really I don't know interested in or concerned with or, or combination you know topics of creation and evolution and all that kind of stuff. Like I said, this was in high school, <laughs> and. I remember flipping to that section and reading the different views and the summary that that Grudem has and 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 weighing those options in my own limited way and and um, I feel like that was really the birth of my my interest. Even though I really you know sort of came of age and th- these interests matured later on in college and beyond, it, it was here that they really were birthed. Was in was in the context of engaging these ideas and being engaged. Like having these ideas put before me uh, in the context of church and youth group, and and that extended outside of Sunday school to my relationship with the the my youth pastors and the pastor at the church, and and meeting and and meeting for the purpose of of really learning how to read the Bible and and practicing interpreting and and talking about these sorts of topics, um, which is is I I don't suspect uh, a wildly common experience uh whether it's just because not a ton of high schoolers necessarily have those interests or are interested in those questions uh but i I think i'm sure also part of it is is there's probably not a ridiculously huge amount of churches that are small enough to get to really intimately know the the pastors and the staff and also have them have the interest to really pour in that way into the youth there um, I think it was just a, a huge blessing that that set me on a track that God had for me that I wouldn't have been able to even understand what it, what theology meant, let alone be involved in it. You know, all these years later, but um, I think that was really my trajectory. And what it looks like is there's the famous, uh, you know, 
I don't know, uh, command <laughs> uh, to Tole Lege, take up and read um, from Augustine's Confessions. And um, really that, that is what happened, you know, through, through the context of what I, what I would say today, what I would refer to as catechesis, um, even, even informally, but, but also formally, being shaped and trained in the faith and discipled by mature, wise, godly people um, through the, that influence, I was led to a place where I did take up and read. And even as simple as I can remember sitting on the armchair in my living room, flipping to, you know, like the middle-ish section of Wayne Grudem's Systematic, if I'm remembering correctly, and reading about uh, theistic evolution versus six-day creation versus gap theory, you know, all the classic things that we've all, you know, gone through as, as, as you know, really hot-headed uh, high school Christians at some point, um, those of us who had the misfortune of going through an evolution versus creation phase, um, or more more accurately, those of us whose family and friends had the misfortune of knowing us when we were in that phase, um, like that 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 sort of got the ball rolling. That was a not the only, but was a big factor in leading me to going to school for ministry in the first place where I then, this just snowballed, right? Because I'm being, you know, having to take all these classes that are teaching me and, and exposing me to all these doctrines and, and books and history uh, figures and all that kind of stuff that I wouldn't have known otherwise and wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have shown me the, the passion and the interest and the excitement that I have in doing and reading and studying theology, right? So I think for me... And this is going to kind of be my like, you know, short answer is take up and read is, is, is I through a variety of factors that were outside of my control, uh, had the desire to read something and I knew where to go because of people around me. And I started reading and that over the course of years and years snowballed to the point where for fun, I read theology and talk about it with friends and, uh, have spent the last year and a half recording twice a week podcasts on theology with one friend in particular. And that's kind of crazy to think about when I think back to, you know, sophomore and high school me. Didn't think this is where, where <laughs> what I'd be doing. I thought I'd know, be like, like major league gamer or something or in the NFL. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of like my history, which leads me to kind of say like, how does one get into theology? Like, short answer is take up and read. And I've got a little more to say, you know, about that. But but I kind of wanted to kick it off with just like this is what what it what I think it was like for me. And sort of in summary, that leads me to say like just start reading. You know, right. yeah. And I'm I'm curious what what you kind of I don't know if you were thinking along these same lines or you know if you have other things to say. I want to hear them. But like first, I want to ask you like what like. What would you say if you if you had to think about it? Like, what are sort of the key points that you would say would like led you to being quote unquote into theology right. the way you are? Yeah, and I think it's very similar. I think our experience is, in some respects, not all that unique because I think a lot of people that do get into theology it starts somewhere, and you know whether it's in a Sunday school or a youth pastor gives you a book on graduation Sunday or whatever. Like, there's usually something that like kickstarts you into motion and uh, for for me specifically it was a youth pastor that I had in high school 
who uh, recommended books by people like John Piper, Francis Chan, Mark Driscoll, um, David Platt. And as I say those names, you can probably picture some of the books in your mind, you know, like Crazy Love, Radical, um, Piper books, you know, This Momentary Marriage and um, uh, Don't Waste Your Life and Desiring God. So like all these books. Desiring God was a, was a big one. Like, right. That yes. was a book that was literally a leader wrote a note to me in the cover and yep. put it in my hand. You know, that was a big influential stepping stone as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so like at the time I didn't know anything about any of those people. I mean, I, I had heard their names. Maybe I couldn't have told you like where they were, or what they were doing. Uh, but there was at, at that point in my life, I didn't even like to read anything. Like I was, you know, I, I was into video games. I played drums. I played sports and, like, those were the things that I wanted to do. Those were the things that I cared about. I mean, I played way way more Modern Warfare 2 than I want to admit. I really hope they have a remaster coming out soon. Um, I'll probably quit my job and become an actual gamer finally. But uh, anyway, I during that time, I didn't like to read. I, I was like, I'd much rather do those things. Um, and I can't remember if I've told this story to even you, but I don't remember if I've said it online here or not. But uh, what got me into reading, I'll say it very briefly, in high school, my senior year, I took two study halls. If you want to know how like senioritis I was, I, I took I literally had two study halls in my eight hour school day. One of my other classes was a peer tutoring class where as a senior I was tutoring a freshman that was struggling. And so depending on you know the number of kids that were available to tutor or to be tutored, like sometimes it sort of fluctuated and people would kind of come and go depending on what their needs were. So there was a large stretch of time where I did not have someone to tutor. And because I was enrolled in this class, I would still have to go. But it basically basically became a third study hall for me. So three out of my eight hours of school in a day was spent like, what am I supposed to do? And so, I, you know, I'd get homework done and projects and papers. But then it's like, what am I supposed to do in the other one or two study halls? So I started reading. I went to the library and the, the librarian at the time was actually somebody that I had gone to church with for a long time. And I was like, yo, I don't like reading. I don't even know what to read. Like I only have ever read Diary of a Wimpy Kid like, and Captain Underpants. So what, what's like, what are good books that people read? And so she kind of asked like, well, what are you into? Like movies and TV. And so she recommended some H.G. Wells books. So like War of the Worlds and The Invisible Man and The Time Machine. And I was like, oh, these are awesome. Like I read through them super quickly. And so it was during that time in my life anyway, where I was going through some, um, I guess, dramatic religious experiences, I guess you could say. I, I was starting to recognize that, like, I go to church, I call myself a Christian, but I'm really not living a Christian life. Um, and so I was like, well, I want to read, just, just like you're saying, pick up and read. I was like, I want to read, I, but sometimes I have a hard time understanding scripture and what it teaches. So I want people to help me learn and understand what, what, Christianity is all about. Who is Jesus? What does he stand for? What does what does it look like to live in this world and to, to love people? So that was like my introduction. Like I, I remember I had these books on my shelf. Some had been gifted to me. Some I had bought but had never read. Um, and so I, I started reading books like Radical and Crazy Love. And um, Mark Driscoll had a book called Death by Love. Um, and I, I was exposed to words like propitiation and atonement and, um, you know, these really big theological terms that I had never really, maybe I'd heard them, but I didn't understand them. Uh, and, and it really began to, you know, give me a desire to learn more, to go deeper. 
And it was at that time I was about to, you know, graduate high school, go off into college. So I did two years at community college and then transferred after two years to Moody. And it was in those couple of years after high school that I like things really began to ramp, ramp up. I, would, I was reading more, studying more. Um, I, I mean, I chose to go to a school like Moody because I knew that I wanted to be a youth pastor. I wanted to get a theological education. And I knew that that meant reading theology books, that, that it meant reading, you know, like Grudem's Sistheo or um, reading Tom Schreiner's, um, I'm blanking on what it's called, like the, he has some book about Christology um, that's really popular. But anyway, like I, th those, it was like through assigned readings, like instead of textbooks on uh, biology and astronomy and mathematics, like my textbooks were books that you could go out and buy at a Christian bookstore. And it was like theology books were my homework. And I was like, this is amazing. Like I, for a little while, I, I worked a valet job. And when, especially as the night would die down and I'm just standing around, I would almost always have a book that I was either reading for pleasure or for class. And I would read through it. So like, for example, R.C. Sproul's um, The Holiness of God. So like I read that book at a valet stand or C.S. Lewis, The Screwtape Letters and um, the list could go on and on. I mean, some A.W. Tozer. Um, and then as as I left that job, I got a job as a, a church custodian, basically. But there would be times where I'd have to work security. So for like five hours a night, I was sitting in a security booth doing almost nothing. So I would bring theology books and I would read. Um, and so really uh, part of it was like boredom. Part of it was also like wanting to be constructive with the time and not just waste five hours scrolling through Facebook and Instagram, but like understanding, like, I want to know Jesus more. I want to love him more. I want to love people more. And so like, long story short, that was my own introduction to, to theology. That's how I got quote unquote into it. And just like you ever since then, there's been, you know, working as a youth pastor. So like actually doing ministry and you know, as pastors, you read books together. Um, you read books to to prepare sermons, and you are reading commentaries. And um, my wife and I are just also we're people that love to read. And at the time, when we, especially when we were living in the suburbs, working as a youth pastor, like we didn't have a ton of money. So if we wanted books, we would just go to like Goodwill and um, other like thrift stores, and you can get like a mound of twenty books for like ten bucks or something. So we'd get books and you know, read through Harry Potter and read through, uh, East of Eden. And, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of other books, you know, little women and stuff like these books that were classics that I had never read and, um, reading more and more theology. Like back when I had a book budget, like an actual like church salaried book budget, that was like, you know, a line item where I could just go out and buy books and didn't really have a limit as long as I didn't spend over my budget. Like that was, that was huge. I mean, I was getting books like weekly, sometimes bi-weekly, just, you know, little $10 books here and there, but like re wanting to get more and more theology, um, you know, reading Joe Thorne's little, uh, as he always jokes, his little like booklets or his pamphlets, his uh, on the on the church and everything with the love character. And I don't remember what they're about, but like, you know, getting those books after discovering doctrine and devotion, like it's just, I guess instead of just hearing us talk about our own experience, I want you to, to see this as like, as something that's like attainable. Like sometimes it seems like theology is so massive. There's so many things that you could study or like my, you know, sometimes it can be really confusing. Like my wife doesn't always like to read theology books. She, she does read them from time to time. Um, but she said like, it can be hard to like 
it, you know, it's, it's not a story. It's not like a, a you know, like a, a nonfiction or it's not like a fiction book that draws you in. It sucks you in with, um, you know, the, the thrills and the, um, the highs and the lows. But um, oftentimes it's just it's a book about a subject and you have to have more, um, you know, you're, you're committing more mental faculties to, to understanding and, and remembering because sometimes you are dealing with really intense topics. Like if you're reading a systematic theology, like I'm, I don't know many people that would just like sit down and read that cover to cover. Like that's just, I mean, I know I had to for Moody because that was my assignment as we <laughs> went through the, the course, but like to just sit down and pick up a book that big and to read cover to cover, like people don't typically do that. Um, and, but I think sometimes people think that that's what theology is all the time, that you're just picking up these, you know, dusty tomes that are, it's almost like philosophy. It's hard to understand. It's confusing. It's about this God that's infinite. And, you know, where do we start? Like, I, I just, I hope that what you hear in this is that like, you can start small, you know, it doesn't have to be, you, you don't, you're not, first of all, you're never going to exhaust the infinite God. You're never going to um, read so many books that suddenly you understand everything that there is to ever understand in the world. Uh, but as you, uh, as you take, as you pick up and read even one book and then another book and another book, and even if you read four books in a year, um, it's still four books better than no books. Um, and I, I just also want to say like the assumption is that like we should just be in God's word all the time. So like this isn't, this isn't in place of reading scripture. This isn't like, well, because I'm reading theology, I can just sort of like let God's word sort of fall by the wayside. But um, as you want to, and it sh I mean, I think all Christians, we've said this before, everyone is a theologian, uh, whether we recognize that or not. We all have thoughts about God. We all have thoughts about the world. We all think about what it means to be human. Um, and so in, in some respect, we're thinking theologically when we have those thoughts. And so if we want to have uh, you know, more proper theological thoughts, that's where we do go and study, whether it's, you know, in a college or a seminary, or it's just a uh, Bible study or men's group or whatever. So I'm, instead of yeah. rambling on further, what do you want to say? <laughs> no, I, th I think that's really huge. The other, the other thing is that none of this is isolated, right? Like it, so, uh, you know, even though we have very different experiences, you know, with lots of overlapping similarities. We both went to Moody, uh, you know, we have, we have different, we're different people. We've, you know, got it exposed to different books to begin with, all that kind of stuff. Like the point of all it is like, we're saying like, just read a book, you know, how do you get into theology? You just start reading theology. And I mean, technically, I mean, re reading, you know, the, the printed word is sort of just the, I would, I guess I'd say like the primary way that people do theology or, you know, that we access it, right? Like, especially since a lot of it is written like hundreds of years ago and stuff. But, but engage in uh, with with theological podcasts. You know, we've we've recommended podcasts before. Right. Hopefully, we are one on our good days. <laughs> uh, YouTube channels. You know, uh, even even I'm I'm assuming I hope you know I hope this hasn't died. But like radio and TV. You know, mm -hmm. maybe not like TBN and you know. EWTN and the kind of like pop stuff, but right. maybe there's a little more depth there, but, but if not, maybe stay away from TV and just stick with <laughs> like books. But that's funny that you um, say that I like in my mind, I was only thinking theology books, like, yeah, podcasts, videos, yeah. like Gavin Ortland has a really good YouTube channel with great theological yeah. content. Um, uh, I guess this is a great, I, I didn't, I, th I should have thought of this and like picked some more, but like Matt Frad runs pints with Aquinas, which is an amazing 
very well produced podcast and video on YouTube channel. Um, Roman Catholic has all sorts of people on for discussions and debates about like a bajillion topics that like just constant content, you know, like there's no shortage of conversations to be had looking at watching or listening to Pints with Aquinas, you know, like um, Justin Sinner is is a fantastic one that we've talked about. I've talked about at least uh, with um, Jordan Cooper um, you mentioned Doctrine and Devotion, Gavin Ortland. I think his YouTube channel is technically called like Truth Unites, I think, um, or so, something like that. I'm sure if you just type if you typed in Gavin Ortland on YouTube, I'm sure you'd, you'd find his channel. But um, these are all just really current, you know, engaging ways to to interact with this material. But you know, the, I think I do think it's fair to say like the best way, like the 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 most meat is going to be through reading, just because that's the way it is. But the point of all this is like kind of just like the tole lege thing like you just dive in you know like and obviously if 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 you're just diving in and you pick you know some like super technical like dissertation on the inner relations of the trinity you're probably going to not really understand a lot of the words and jargon being used but like that the 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 flip side of that does not mean hold off on engaging with theology until you find someone to teach you all the vocab words you don't know. Like the flip side of that is find topics that you're interested in and books that are on those topics that are written at a level you're interested in. If you're not interested in taking the time and energy to reading someone's dissertation about the incarnation, that's fine. Read a, read a different book on the incarnation. There's a million of them, you know, like um, j- just an example, like just this, just to like, the, the way to get into it is to really just get into it on with things that you're interested in. Topics, you know, doctrines, debates, questions that are relevant to you and your life and your church or um, relevant to just your interests. And the other thing is that, like I started to say, none of this is isolated. You know, I had Sunday school leaders who were helping me. Um, we had teachers at Moody who were helping us. We have... Uh, each other on this podcast and other friends and, and, and family members that, that we have conversations with or whatever. Um, I had a fantastic experience at a, in a Sunday school uh, walking through Leviticus, a Sunday school class going through Leviticus and looking at it theologically. Um, maybe your church doesn't have, I, I know there are exceptions because of COVID, like that fine, whatever. But like maybe your church doesn't have, you know, a good, like a Bible study uh, group or or Sunday school, you know, like start one or, or talk to the your your pastor or clergy about starting one or getting one started or expressing interest. You know, like theology is 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 the church's job. Um, if you want to study theology, you're going to be reading by yourself, but that's not what doing theology looks like. That's that's just a piece of the study. You know, but you're going to be talking and hashing and wrestling through things with other people. And those people ought to be people who are in your faith community, who are part of your church, right? And um, that's, a, that's a really big part of it. And, and what that looks like is going to be unique in many ways for everybody. But there's also going to be lots of overlap in terms of Sunday school and the kinds of conversations you're going to be having and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think that that's a really important thing that's easy to lose sight of, especially in our, um, you know, the way we tend to approach things is a lot more individualistic um, which, which is important to individually be 
reading, if you're interested in reading the theology, you're going to have to read it, which is typically a solo activity, but it's not, it doesn't stop there. Right. And I mean, um, so like it, speaking yeah. of Augustine, you know, we mentioned tole or tolo lege or whatever the I've, Latin phrase is, um, but take up and read. Um, there, there's another sentence that actually is the, the pinned tweet on my profile because I just, I, I really like what Augustine is communicating. It comes from the confessions, um, but he's telling himself, remember, you are just a human being investigating the works of God to the extent you are permitted to do so. And I think that's a really helpful reminder, even as we do theology, because um, I, I, you know, I think it's safe to say that there are some people that like can't read or don't know how to read. Or, you know, maybe somebody who literally cannot see, who is born blind, is not going to read, at least not in the same way that you and I would read. Um, so we, I don't want anyone to, like, listen to this and think that, like, if you can't read or if you don't read, like, somehow you can't engage theologically. Um, but right. all of us, with our with our capabilities, with our faculties, with our um, the gifts and the abilities that God has given to us, uh, we are, we're just humans. We're, we're people living in this world um, and investigating. I mean, we say that even in our introduction as we explore, discuss, investigate um, the works of God, who this infinite God is, who our, our, our loving creator is to the extent that we're permitted to do so. Because some people are given, um, you know, more abilities and some people less. And so it's not to say that one's better than the other, but um, just to start somewhere, to start to pick up and read, to pick up your phone and listen, to talk to that friend, uh, whatever it might be. Like if, if your curiosity is is peaked, like don't ignore that. Press yeah. press in deeper. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't necessarily have much else to say. I'm not trying to cut the conversation short, but just to kind of like summarize, like take up and read, you know, start listening, tune in, you know, like, like dive in uh, on something that you're interested in or, or think you might be interested in. And a good, you know, go to like uh, christianbook.com and just scroll through the theology section. I mean, obviously, with anything, you're going to have better and lesser quality, depending, you know, but but you got to start somewhere. Um, publishers will usually have like academic catalogs as well as like popular releases. You know, you can like just scroll through like crossway.com or Erdman's or um, Baker. Uh, just look at the books they have. And then it's like, oh, I don't I don't know what that means or oh. Yeah, I'm not really interested in in reading about you know First Kings right now, or oh you know uh, that sounds interesting. I'll you know I'll I'll think about that one or whatever. You, you know, like just like look around at 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 options, even if you're not buying full price from from online, it, it, at least to get an idea of, of what you might want to read. And you know we talk about it all the time, but you can't go wrong with virtually any book from the popular patristic series at Saint Vladimir Seminary Press. You know just they're they're accessible they're quality they're affordable relatively speaking and they're um, hugely important theological works from all throughout church history and especially for I, I would suspect the majority of our listeners um, likely going to express things in ways that you might not have encountered before because we don't think and talk the way that people in 500 did in and the way they wrote and talked about stuff. And it's important because that's the foundation of the church. And and I'm going to ask you this question in a second, Jensen, but if I had to, like, I would say, like, the fathers are where you'd want to start. Um, and Popular Patristics is a great way to access that material. It's also all online, but you might get, like, an older translation or something. Um, but if, if, if someone was like, all right, I want to take up and read, what's the one book I should take up and read first? 
I would say read St. Athanasius the Great on the Incarnation. Ooh, it's not that long. It's easily accessible. And that's where I would say to start. There might be better technical places to start, um, it, depending on how people conceive of the way theology fits together. But I would say if, if you had to pick one book to read on theology ever, I would say read that one. So certainly that's what I would say start with. Hmm. Now, I'm curious. This is on the spot. I, oh. I, I didn't put it in the notes. <laughs> I didn't warn you ahead of time. So, you Golly. know, we'll, we'll, we'll extend some, we'll give you some slack. And, you know, there might be a little asterisk next to this one. Your, your thoughts might change if you yeah. have more time to think about it. But sure. if, if someone did walk up to you and just ask you that, what, what, what would you pick as like your sort of, one recommended or most highly recommended, like, if, you, if you're going to read a theology book, read this one. Oh, well, you're right. I would have to think about this long and hard, and I would probably have, like, caveats depending on who I was talking to. Um, sure. So I'm talking to a high school high schooler versus somebody my age. I'm going to have a different answer, I think. Um, the thing that jumped first to my mind probably isn't all that surprising is Gentle and Lowly. Like, I feel like it's a very accessible mm. book. Like, anybody could read it. It's not like it's a super theological or it's not super theologically dense it's not difficult to read it's like 200 pages it's meant to be for a lay person um, but it's so good it's theologically um, just saturated with the the love of christ for sinners and sufferers and which one of us is not a sinner and a sufferer um, so it's one of those books that i think just everyone would do well to read so like that's my gut reaction like that's the first thing i thought of when you said that yeah um, but if i was to like think about it longer you know i i might say something like um i don't know like i'm really enjoying matthew barrett's simply trinity but like that's a little bit more technical than you know gentle and lowly for example so i wouldn't recommend simply trinity to a high schooler necessarily um, but it's such a good book it deals with our, our trinitarian god it deals with um, some modern issues some some ancient issues but looking at like what does it mean that our God is triune? How do we think about that theologically? And it's such a really well-written book. It's easy, it's easy to understand, at least for, for, for me. Um, so that might be another one. And then if I'm just going to throw out one more that might make the list, um, I'm trying to picture my bookshelf. Um, it's so hard because there's so many that I would want to say. Um, I, have not I don't know. You can't. You can't go wrong with something by like with, with like C.S. Lewis. Really, I mean anything. It's it's usually relatively accessible. It's 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 different enough from even modern day theology that like you're gonna find it interesting. But you know whether it's mere Christianity or um, surprised by joy or um, even something like the Screwtape Letters. Even though it's technically like fiction, I think it's still in a sense theological and it's very astute. So that, that, those are my like off the cuff answers yeah i do i do uh i like all those answers i i have not c.s lewis is great i have i heard a podcast interview with matthew barrett about simply trinity and and i really liked what it seems like he was doing with that book hmm. you know like aiming it at something that that is accessible right even though it's engaging with with really high-level stuff that's important, and it needs to be accessible because it is important stuff. Right. Uh, I have not read it, though, but but um, it did sound really good. And 
Gentle and Lily is on my gigantic to-read pile, so I, I'm gonna get to it eventually. I uh, I uh, am looking forward to it. I just haven't yet. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I, I, I do it. like I do like all of those answers, and um, there whether you whether this episode inspires you to read one of the books we've mentioned or a different book, I just hope that you are encouraged to start out on this journey of, of more, you know, intentional, quote-unquote, theological uh, reflection and study, right? And it's, it, I, w- I want everybody to be encouraged to become a theologian and, you know, go get degrees and spend their life reading theology because I think it's fun. <laughs> so the way you talk about, you know, if you're really into, like, I don't know, woodworking or your favorite sports team or whatever. Like that's the way I feel about talking about these kinds of books and just like want, I want people to, I want everybody to read them so we can all talk about them and all have the joy of reading them because that's just how I feel about it. And I know that not everybody has the same interests, which is beautiful. I do have those interests. So my encouragement is definitely grab one of these books, just start reading, go to the library uh, watch a podcast or, or listen to a podcast or watch a YouTube video, whatever it is. Um, but I, I just think it's it's like just get going is probably the best advice I could give if you're ever asking or if anyone ever asks you like how do you get into theology? Just like get started with something and it'll it'll grow. And the, I think I think in, in a more honest and spiritual sense as well. Like I, I do think the Lord will will the Lord will grow it um, if it's done in, in faith to to actually understand and know him better, um, which is which is ultimately the point. Um, it's not always how we do it, but it is the it should be how we always do it. It is the point. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you've got any like summary words. Um, if not, we will we'll go ahead and pray out. Where you know, since we're talking about theology, the study of God, the study of of His Word, and the reflection on it, we're gonna um, pray a few verses from Psalm one nineteen. Um, if you're following along at home, this is the this is the bait section. Um, Verses 9 through 16. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode and any episode of the Doxology Podcast. If you would like to connect with us, uh, you can find us in a couple places. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Doxology Podcast, or you can shoot us an email. Uh, that is at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. We always welcome your feedback, questions, episode ideas, um, Christians of history that you want us to cover, whatever it might be, let us know. And until next time, peace.